so Pastor Jeremy launched uh, week one of Five Dysfunctions. So obviously five weeks we're going here. We'll go up to the first weekend in November, and he did a great job launching. And, and while kind of dysfunctions are the focus, we don't want to focus on the dysfunctions. Like we, we don't want to just talk about we're, we're dysfunctional. But he really kind of, again, brought us into the positive side of that is one of the dysfunctions is that we don't share the same priorities. Like we don't have the same vision for where our family is going. So whether you're a single adult or um, you have an immediate family, and maybe it's just processing all this as you're building a family as a, a single adult, and you kind of saying, okay, what's the dysfunction I brought in? And what's, what's the family that, what's the vision that God has in mind for my family? And, and what's the core identity and values that he wants to be a part of my family? So no matter where you're at in your journey, I think this matters. And I think you could even, you can kind of stamp this on your work family. Everybody's got a work family uh, and, and you got like a, a church family and, you know, we've got these different families and, and we find dysfunction in all of them. Because why? Because we're a little dysfunctional. Like, we're a little bit broken. We've got stuff that we've brought into this, and, and Pastor Jeremy did a great job. So we're just going to be going through some different things. Last week, really, the, the idea was having a shared vision for your family. Like, as for me and my house, we'll, we will serve the Lord, and we have the same shared priorities. And this week, we want to talk about kind of where the rubber hits the road, I feel like, in love, um, which is negative communication, right? Because I, I think everybody, probably, not everybody, but... Um, you know, most folks would say, yeah, yeah, I have some of my family that loves me. But how they show that love is not always the, the, the way that God in, intends us to, to, to express that love. And so we're just going to talk around kind of the negative communication is our dysfunction. Um, and I'll say in our marriage, in our life, we've had a lot of negative communication in our life. I brought most of that to the table. But Taryn would say she's brought some of that to the table too, that there's been this negative communication but we really want to learn to speak in God's language, which is love. Right. And so today we're just going to talk about love. And so hopefully you come out here with lots of warm fuzzies and just like, I can do this. I want to have loving uh, communication um, in my family. Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny that we're doing this um, one together today because we grew up in similar backgrounds. Like we were both raised in the same um, denomination of church. Both of our parents were um, pastors growing up. And so, well, he, not for the first few yeah. years of his life, but they were always involved in ministry. I think his parents actually went to the same church for like 50 years or something like that. Yeah. Um, so we grew up in the same like background, but in our individual homes, we express love insanely different, right? Like, um, so our ways of communicating when we came together and created our own home was starkly just different. Like, and polar opposite could, you could use that. <laughs> In the 14 years we've been together, we've come a long way, baby. Like, we've yeah, come a long way totally. in this because, um, like, just to put an example, like, when Taryn and I started dating, um, and I just remember getting around her family, and it was so weird because they would use this phrase normal, that I was not as familiar with um, where they just said, I love you all the time. Like, at the beginning of, like, in the middle of just a conversation, like, I love you. <laughs> like, it was, it was so weird to me. Hey, will you go grab the milk and you came, come home? And it's like, thank you, I love you. And it was just, like, so much I love yous that just, it, honestly, it kind of weirded me out. I was like, why are you guys saying I love you so much? Because my family, we love each other. Like, we love each other big time. The Nelsons love each other. But we don't, we don't tell each other near, near amount, the same amount that she does. Ever. We do. Like, I, you know, it's funny. That since we've been together, I, I, and, I, and I feel like in my like, p parents and stuff, like we've begun using that a lot more. And that was something that God had already begun to shape in my life 
to verbally express love, even though that wasn't something that's like a kind of going back generations, that wasn't something that was a normal MO. But I've seen even in like my, my grandfather, like hearing him right now, he says, I love you a lot more. So I've seen that grow in them even as much. And so I think my parents would reflect on it the same way that we've all kind of grown as a family. I feel like healing a lot of those dysfunctional things are things that were maybe missing. And I don't think it's going to the the opposite, you know, the, the far extreme necessarily <laughs> that the hams just live in. Um, but uh, we, we've, we've kind of learned and we've grown. And, and, and that's what God wants is all of us, no matter where we've come from, no matter what the kind of MO communication style of your family, whether that's arguing um, and yelling it out or whether that's kind of shoving it under the rug and we just give each other the cold shoulder and that's kind of our dysfunctional response or we just constantly say whatever you want and we're really just placating them and we're really not expressing honest love and communication, no matter where it's at, like we're all called to the same type of loving communication. Uh, we're all, like Jesus said it in John 13, 34 and 35, a new command I give you, uh, love one another. Uh, as I have loved you, so you must love one another. It's not an option. You must do this. Um, I lost my By this, everyone will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. That's why I was just talking about just in our mingle time and our gathering. Man, people ought to be able to sense that when we see each other. That's why like, our communication about our brothers and sisters in Christ should never be negative. Like, it should always be positive. Uh, positive. And so if there's ever gossip that comes out of our lips, like, know that God loathes, not loves, loathes that type of communication because it's speaking down about his bride. It's speaking down about his son or daughter, just like someone on the playground would call maybe uh, your kid or, or your siblings a name, and you'd be like, what'd you just say? Like, that's how God feels about us. And so we've got to love one another. And so this is practice right, to take it into the world that they'll, they'll know that we're his disciples. So God's language is love, and we want to learn to communicate in that. And it's a learning process. Like, it's not just like, let's get this message today and go ace the test tomorrow. It's going to be a process. And so we want to turn to a text today that I think you're going to find simple, but really invigorating and really focused and powerful the more we dig in and understand the practical implications of this. Yeah, so we're going to go to Matthew 3 in just a minute, but um, in the Bible, like as a whole, we only see God the Father speaking audibly to Jesus, his son, two times. It only happens two times. And both of those times, he says the exact same thing. Um, one of them is when he's getting baptized, when Jesus is getting baptized, um, which let me pause for a second, really, if that's okay. Um, we're doing baptism in two weeks. Woo. Is that two weeks? Yeah. yeah, on the 28th. And we would love for you to get baptized if you have not yet, because if, if it's like if Jesus should get baptized, we should too. He was perfect. It's kind of like the next thing <laughs> yeah. um, for, for you to do as a believer. So yeah. um, that's a little plug, but just sign up for that if you have not done that yet, because we would love to celebrate that with you. But yeah. so God the Father only said two things or two phrases, I guess, to Jesus that we know of out loud to Jesus, and once was at his baptism, the other one was at his transfiguration, and it happens um, in Matthew three seventeen. I don't know if it's up going to be up 15 here. Fifteen through seventeen up there, yeah. So we can read the whole thing. Jesus replied, "Let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness." Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. 
At that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice, and here's, here's the phrase, a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love, and with him I am well pleased. And so basically right there, God's giving three things that we need. Like, first of all, we need to receive them before we can share that with our family. We can't really give anything that we haven't received ourselves. So the first one is acceptance, and that's where he says, this is my son. Um, And then the next one is affection, and we're going to break these down um, a little bit more in detail. But the next one's affection, and that's whom I love. And then the last one is affirmation, in whom or within him I am well pleased. And so um, we're just going to talk these out for a few minutes, and, and just like as we receive them, that's how we need to be giving them out. And I hope to really you know, dig down into the spiritual depth of these three phrases, but I hope that it really begins to give us a, lim- a lens and a language for these different types of communication that Jesus needed, obviously, that, that God would give it. Then these are the only two times he spoke it, and he spoke the exact same thing. This is obviously a, a really important thing, um, and, and for us to, to be able to, to communicate this. So, so we'll push into the practical. Of how, how do we do that? What does that actually look like to communicate acceptance? What does it look like to communicate affection? What does it look like to communicate affirmation? affirmation? So we'll just kind of process this together. Uh, the first one is acceptance. This is my son. I mean, Jesus is saying it, you know, or God is saying, the Father is saying this out loud so everybody hears, this is my son. Uh, lately, Beckett's been kind of harassing us about a later bedtime, um, like really harassing us, like, like, Dad, when am I going to be able to go to bed at 8.30? When am I going to be able to go to bed at 9 o'clock? And I'm like, dude, like, what's the deal? Like, just chill out. Like, you, you go to bed at 7.30. That's been their bedtime. It will be their bedtime for a while. Um, but he kept bothering us about it, and we thought that was a little bit strange, but maybe not too strange. He's seven, and maybe he's just kind of wanting to stay up a little later. And so later, we got wind of, of this. He, he kind of let us into the why without even trying to, and he said, everybody is calling, all my friends in class are calling me 7.30 big bedtime. <laughs> so, so that's his nickname. I'm like, kids have gotten so lame with their nicknames. Like, you were Hambone, and I was Canelli. Um, they've gotten so l- lame with their uh, nickname, 7.30 bedtime. And so, uh, it was so funny, but it, it was, as he was saying, I wanted to stay up later, what he was really saying is, I want to be accepted at school. I don't want to be made fun of anymore. I, 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 want, I want something to change in my life so that I'll be accepted. And I think a lot of us, we need to hear this because we've lived our life battling for acceptance. Uh, Whether it it was bullying on the playground or maybe something heavier, maybe it was a parent who abandoned you, maybe it was a divorce that took place in your house and one parent fought for you and the other one just didn't. And and there's hurt there. Or or maybe it it was sitting alone at lunch or, or getting picked last in a kickball game and and didn't make the varsity team, or whatever it was, this, this need for acceptance is human. But in order to, to have that fulfilled, it needs to be filled supernaturally. So even though it's a natural human emotion, it needs to be filled supernaturally from God, and it's not based on our performance. It's not based on whether we made the varsity team. It's, not ba- it's based on Jesus Christ. And, he, and, and God is showing this, he, this is my son, and, and we begin to have a new identity in this. And the reality is that wherever you're at, you've probably gone through something like that that's left a scar, in which we felt some rejection. We'll talk more about that. But those scars end up 
it's hurt in our life. And you've heard the phrase before, hurting people hurt people. You've probably heard that. It's kind of a popular phrase. But, but it goes further than that. Like we believe that hurting people can be healed. And healed people can heal hurting people. Like that's a tongue twister. Try it 10 times fast. It won't go well. But um, I tried to think of a way that's not so heavy alliteration. But we believe that healed people can heal hurting people. That, that this is good news because like wherever you're at, whatever scars, whatever brokenness, whatever rejection, whatever insecurities you've brought in, you're not stuck there. You're not stuck there. God has called you and is going to heal that. And he wants to heal that dysfunction, that scar, that brokenness so that you'll be stronger than ever and that you can reach out and hurt or heal other people who are hurting. Uh, and so that's good news. We're not stuck there because the truth of the matter is that we're all going to face rejection. Every last one of us will face rejection and something. You don't get the promotion. Someone doesn't return your call, and it feels like rejection, <laughs> you know? Um, and, and it comes out in little ways, and this is a part of the human existence. Like, it's a part of being human to be rejected. It, it is. I mean, Jesus was perfect, and he got rejected. Like, in fact, why God the Father is speaking this out loud is because some didn't, wouldn't believe it unless they heard it audibly. No, 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 like, God, there was this moment, and, like, God said aloud, and, like, we heard it, like, this is my son. So to, to, to put a stamp on his authority and who he was, and so it's a part of life. I mean, Jesus came to his disciples and said, not everybody's going to receive you. Like, you're going to have to learn to brush the dirt off your feet and move on. That, that our identity, our acceptance was not based on everybody else's approval and acceptance, but it was based on God's acceptance and God's love uh, at us in our life. And so maybe just think about this and, and begin to think about this in your own life of what does acceptance look and sound like? What kind of communication do we bring in order to, to bring loving communication around this idea of acceptance, this, this type of communication? I think it's loving them at their worst moment. I think that's when we need acceptance the most is when we feel them the most unworthy. When, when we are bracing for rejection because we've faced it before. When they've been at their worst is really when we should bring uh, the greatest uh, amount. I mean, just think about it like this. Um, when um, you, your, your kid, some of you have kids, some of you don't. Um, you can think of a sibling or, or someone else. Think about with our kids, when they do something great, we're like, that's my boy. When they do something we're not proud of, we're like, go get your kid. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's two different things. So to communicate that loving acceptance is to love them at their worst. When they, they don't deserve it, when they've had a, a bad day, like, that's when we lean in and be like, hey, I know. When they've confessed something broken, that's when they need it the most. So we could go into a lot of things. I think it's listening to them before we rebuke even the issue, we just listen to their pain in the moment that they're feeling. It, it's, it's not rushing into the correction. It's just loving them first, like making sure we get this right, making sure we get that they're my son, right? I want you to know no matter how bad you messed up, if it's a sibling, if it's a mother, it's a father, like we've, <clears throat> I just got led into some, some very serious dysfunction and brokenness in my own family that I did not know was taking place. We just found out about it. not my immediate family, but my extended family. And wow, I mean, how, how much God would love to heal that brokenness, but we've got to be able to, to love people at their worst. And we've all got a situation like that. 
And if you don't, whether it's with a boss or a coworker or a sibling or a parent or a son or a daughter, you're going to have that opportunity to, to, to love them. And Jesus sets this example. He sets it uh, in, in literally almost every single circumstance. He, he, the woman caught in adultery, neither do I condemn you. Go and leave your life of sin no more. The, the neither do I condemn you is like you're mine. Like I'm not, I'm not here to strike, but, but I'm, I want to lead you to freedom. I want to lead you to health. I want to lead you in love. Um, so yeah. yeah and I, I would say too that like we can love the person without approving their Mis, their misbehavior or whatever yep. is going on. So um, it doesn't always mean that just because you love them that you're saying like, good job, you know, because yeah. we, sometimes we do have to love them through that. Um, and then also we're just going to be tested in that a lot. Like people are going to disappoint us and people are not going to accept us in our family and, and showing love. One way that I do that, um, even when there's no words, if especially Beckett, because his fingers can actually do it. Um, I know Elisha can't yet, but Camden's trying. But I'll just give them the I love you symbol of um, sign language. Like, even if I, he doesn't want to talk to me, he knows he's in trouble, I'll just show, like, I love you. You know, it's okay. Um, maybe we can talk about this in a few minutes. But I just want you to know, like, while you're going to your corner and staying away from me, I still love you. And so he'll sometimes, like, give it back to me, like, I love you too. I'm like, whatever. Um, so we're going to move on to the next one, which is affection. And that's the phrase where he says, whom I love. And I love this part because um, we did some research on affection. And some people are just, like, not a huggy person. Like, have you ever approached someone where they're like, I'm a hugger. (laughs) You're like, hi. (laughs) Um, And I'm a hugger. But sometimes even those type of people freak me out a little bit. But affection has, I was telling the girls in the lobby this morning, affection has like an insane impact on our levels of stress. In 2003, 2010, and 2007, Mm -hmm. there was studies, separate studies done on affection. And like when affection was present for someone during a stressful time, it reduced their stress, it reduced their blood pressure, it reduced um, their heart rate, like all these things that cause like, oh. And so one of the things that I read was that you need 20 seconds of an embrace. Um, And I, like, again, you're not going to go hold someone for 20 seconds. But like sometimes if I have had a really stressful day, like even Friday, I texted Kyle and I was like, I need a 20 second hug. <laughs> like there's a there's something to that, like where you're you're not like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, like just get it over with kind of thing. But like when you just hug someone for 20 seconds, the amount of like that comes down from your stress level is unbelievable. Like we found that so amazing just in affection like and then you know other times when you're like back to back like I don't even want to look at you like you can just feel your stuff rising and stress get bigger so and when when we talk about affection we're not just talking about physical affection it's both the verbal Mm -hmm. and non-verbal behaviors in our life so uh, affection is the the verbal and non-verbal so so don't just kind of jump into that place and and it's not just with romantic partners it's it's you know, uh, friendships as well. Like if you've had someone that's been an encouragement who, mm-hmm. have, who have kind of even given some like non, uh, non, you know, verbal, just kind of, you know, just affirmation or affection in our life, or maybe it has been a verbal 
a word of affection that says I love you or, or something, uh, I'm proud of you or whatever it might be, that really does it. It, it. it acts as a blocker to stress when it happens in our life. That's like scientific. Like these studies have proven it over and over again that it has this huge yeah. impact. And I've even seen studies before where like in an orphanage or something, the babies that were just left in a crib for days on end, like yeah. they didn't even properly grow. Like they didn't, they didn't progress and they're growing the right way. But the ones that were held and loved and fed, and obviously these are like mm-hmm. natural things feeding them, but you know, a lot of people never get that. It's barely just like here, you know? And so when we're talking about affection, um, we have found huge help with um, Dr. Gary Chapman. He he wrote a book called Five Love Languages. And so basically he breaks down affection. How many of you guys have read that? Anybody read that or heard of that? You heard of that book, at least heard of it? Well, you can take a test to find out what your love language is. It's worth doing. It's really helpful because basically what he says is that there's five different ways to show love. Um, words of affirmation, quality time, gifts, physical touch, and acts of service. And so what happens is we can, have a natural way. We, yeah, can we just do something real quick? If you kind of can look at that list and be like, yeah, I'm definitely that one. Can, can we just raise a hand? Can we do that for a second? Like words of affirmation. I'm going to raise my hand. If you think you're a words of affirmation person, okay. Uh, quality time person, raise your hand. Like, I'm also a college person. <laughs> uh, gifts person. You might gifts people. All right, Jackie likes gifts. There you go, a little bit. Uh, acts of service. Acts of service. Like, we're, we're kind of getting there. Uh, physical touch. Yeah, right, it's, awesome. and so what happens is you naturally give love in the same way that you receive it. So I'm, I'm words of affirmation and quality time. So, like, when I want to show love to someone naturally, I will, like, encourage the heck out of them, like, you know, that color is awesome on you, or you look so good today, or I I love your shoes, or this, you know, but that's the way I receive love. And so it helps, especially inside the function of your home or the people that you're with at work all the time, it helps for you to learn theirs because theirs might be acts of service. And I'm all talking about their shoes, and they're like, just please take the trash out. Like, (laughs) stop talking to me about my shirt. Like, you know, and so you could really even be trying, like, to show love, and they're just not getting it because that's yeah. not their thing. And luckily, ours most of the time have been the same. And I do also believe that they change over time and circumstance. So if it's been a really long time since you've taken the quiz, try to take it again and see if your results come up different. Because um, since we now have three children and we're outnumbered and I've started working outside the home again, I've noticed that acts of service have kind of like jumped up on my list. Like when he folds the laundry, I'm like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. You know, yeah. like, and before I would have been like, give me that. You're folding it wrong. Yeah. Like now I'm just like, it's, it's folded. I don't yeah, care, yeah. you know? <laughs> and so where that wasn't even a huge deal to me before I'm noticing where I'm like, oh, I love you too, you know? And you, so. pro- you can probably you kind of figure these out in your own life, but he- here's the deal is we're all needy. <laughs> we're all needy and we all need love, like every last one of us. And we've got to be able to receive that from the Father. And, and, and I love, if you, if you begin to study the, 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 the original language here, the, the way it actually is rendered in the Greek is actually agapaletos, which is the word for uncon- God's unconditional love, which... And then, like, the word son. And so, son being the noun, it's our identity that we've been accepted by God. And agapaletos is really the adjective 
beloved son, so you'll see some translations say that, it's, it's how we are loved by God, with God's unconditional love outpoured on us. And, and I would say his nonstop love poured out on us. We, we think of unconditional, but I think of like a, an unstopping flow of his love and affection. Like just, and if you begin to get tuned to it, you begin to see it everywhere. Like you begin to see it in nature. You're like, man, God just loves me. Look at that sunrise. You know what I mean? And you just begin to get overwhelmed by the little things and how God just pours out his affection and love for us in all these different ways. So, um, yeah, I, I, just a funny story on the gifts one. Um, these are all pretty self-explanatory, but when we were kids, me and my brother um, really wanted a blender so that we could make these like virgin daiquiris in the summer. Um, and so at Christmas time, my dad took us to Walmart and we're like, all right, you guys have like 20 bucks or something to spend. You can buy your mom something. And we were like, let's get her a blender. <laughs> then this summer, we could make those daiquiris we wanted to make. And so she got a blender. She got a blender that year, and it was totally selfish. And so don't just give in the way that you want to receive it, but give it something that, that would actually be, help them. So just as we dig in deeper to this idea of affection, I want you to ask this question. Where do I love from? Where do I love from? Do, do I love out of obligation? I'm like, well, hers is gifts, so I'm just going to give some gifts. You know, I'm just going to try to meet her there. Or am I loving, as God instructs us to love, is to love others because he first loved us. First John 4.19 says we love because he first loved us. And so just make sure that we don't do this like in a fake way because honestly, we'll begin to resent how they receive love after a while instead of actually genuinely loving. And, and it'll run out if we are doing it from our flesh and from ourself. We'll just get tired of doing it. Because we're not giving from the same place that we're receiving it, which is how God has loved us. And so as you think deeper on that, make sure you're loving and you're operating and you're showing that affection out of the most deep, genuine place. And, and as we begin to process this, you, you think about all the people, all the situations, and some of those situations are dysfunctional. It's hard to kind of keep good, healthy, loving communication when the other person's not being so loving, <laughs> right? That's hard. Jesus said, love even your enemies. Bless those who curse you. I found this incredible quote that just resonates with this idea. W.H. Auden said, if equal affection cannot be, let it be found in me. If equal affection cannot be, uh, cannot be let it be found in me. Even if they're not showing it, I'm going to give it anyway, because I'm not giving out of it as a response to them. I will come in and initiate worship in a dysfunctional place. And let me just say, in our world today, this is what God has called us to do, to be light in the dark place, to bring loving communication where there is dysfunction and begin to see healing. And, and we begin to call out it, it uh, on earth as it is in heaven. And we'll, we'll talk about that more in, in a minute. Another great quote that I think is just a challenging one that came from uh, a familiar name of Audrey Hepburn. Uh, she said this, I was born with an enormous need for affection and a terrible need to give it. I was born with an enormous need for affection and a terrible need to give it. And I'll just say this, we need this. We not only need it for ourselves, we need to give it because as we kind of almost force ourselves and really think through giving this, we become more like Christ. 
We're communicating in the language of God when we show godly affection to others. And as we practice giving affection, we're becoming more like God, more like Christ. So genuinely expressing the love of God is literally the greatest gift we can give someone. To genuinely express. It's the greatest gift we can give someone is to show them affection. So hopefully that'll help in some of maybe the dysfunctional places uh, in our life. Totally. We're going to move on to affirmation, which is the last one where God says to Jesus, in him I am well pleased. And um, I don't know about you, but that makes me feel good to hear like, good job, or I'm proud of you, or being affirmed in what you're doing. Um, And last week, Pastor Jeremy actually talked about this. Like, you don't just don't just respond to affirmation, even if it's a bad thing, like the little girl clapping for him playing the game the wrong way. Like, mm-hmm. we don't want to react like that. But um, I'm going to, we're going to move on to affirmation really quick. And I was um, talking with a girl at work this week, and um, I, w- I don't remember how we got on this topic, but we were talking about social media. And she was telling me that her daughter, who's 13, said to her, Mom, you have too many pictures on your Instagram. And she was like, what? I don't even, like, she didn't even understand. And as she was telling me this, I'm like, I don't get that either, because I have, like, I don't know, 2,000 pictures or something. She's like, well, me and my friends, we only keep, like, the top six or seven pictures. And she's like, what do you mean, the top six or seven pictures? She's like, well, I go through all my pictures every day, and if they don't have over 100 likes, then I delete them. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, the need for affirmation in our really in us too, but in the younger generation is getting so out there because they see it on their phone. Like literally they walk around with like this plazo meter, like, oh, I didn't get enough likes on this picture, so I'm just going to delete it. Or like, I really want to show this one because 143 people liked it. And you know, here are my likes are like, I don't know, seven or eight. (laughs) I don't even notice that stuff. But we don't realize like how much that feeds us and how when we're searching in the wrong place, like if, if we don't start with the acceptance from God, like <laughs> you are a son or daughter of God. So like if you can't even receive that acceptance, you can't move on to the affection part because like you can't even wrap your brain around, no, I'm not worthy to be a daughter of God or son of God. Like, so then if you can't receive that, then you don't receive the affection. And then if you don't receive that, then you're sure as heck not going to listen to I'm pleased with you. You're just going to search it out in social media. Or you're going to ask your husband, like, does this dress make me look fat? Like, we are all trying to, like, get someone to say, no, you look great. Or like or love or, you know, I mean, even Facebook has added the love thing now. It's not, we don't just, and then there's like a weird thing like, oh, well, they like that. They didn't love it, you know, and you, your brain starts receiving affirmation from the wrong places. Yeah. And then we are over here as 13, we're, we have 13 year old kids that are contemplating suicide because their likes aren't high enough yeah. and they don't even want their friends to see that a picture they posted doesn't have enough affirmation. So what does this girl do? She goes to her mom's phone who runs social media stuff for a bit, um, like her job. So she has three social media accounts on her thing, Instagram. And she takes her mom's phone and she logs into each one of her mom's accounts and likes all of her pictures from each account. So she has three extra likes 
on her thing. And that just broke my heart. And so for us to be in God's presence every day and hear, like, I am well pleased in you. Like, that's all I need. I don't want to find my pla- myself in a place where I'm like, checking my phone or, you know, trying to, hopefully I'll get a text that somebody says, I love you today or whatever. But just know that without you doing one single thing, God loves you. He accepts you. He, he, and he's affirming you. And so what are your motives for success? Like, you know, sometimes we'll work overtime for six weeks just so our boss will pat us on the back and, you know, move on or whatever. But it really causes us to dig deep and say, what's, what's my motive here? Like what, but whenever we understand that we're receiving the affirmation of God the Father straight to us, it's just powerful. Yeah, and I think about a couple of ideas, and I think in our affirmation from the Lord, it's, it's one, no amount of good doing we could ever do would be good enough. So that's why God gave us Jesus. And our affirmation from God is because of Jesus and that God created us and he loves us and he loves the way he created us. But, but there's dysfunction in that. There's a dysfunction in that. And, and there's maturity and growing into that identity that he's given us. Because um, the truth matters, we're all a work in progress. And so when we look at uh, giving affirmation to others, encouraging others, it's words like, I'm proud of you. Just want you to know. And, and maybe there's somebody... Uh, in your home, maybe it's uh, it's a younger sibling in your life. Maybe it's uh, a friend of yours, and just says, "I'm proud of you." And it's like I'm not I'm not begging for affirmation myself. I'm just going to give this because I have it to give because I know that that God is pleased in me because of what Christ did. But we do we live this life to bring honor and glory, so that one day we will stand before Him and He'll give us the, the final stamp on the approval that we've been looking for, the affirmation. Well done good and faithful servant, that we hear that. And so as we do this, you know, in our own lives, a practical thing that we've taken away and we've tried to to live this out, we've shared this from time to time, is these four letters, I see in you. I see in you. And this is just a way to bring affirmation into someone's life. So maybe this is a coworker, maybe this is a a team member at work or at church or or, or maybe a a child or a friend. We, We say, I see in you. Here's what I see. And so we begin to call it out and we affirm, because sometimes we're not going to love what they did, you know, but we're going to have to love them through that, love them where they're at, and then say, hey, you want to know why? Is because, first of all, you're my son um, and I'm proud of you and I, and I love you. Here's what I see in you. This is not who we're called to be. I, I, I see a, a giant of the faith. Like I, I see someone who doesn't give in to the peer pressure when everybody else is doing it. And so we begin to, to just pour that in and, and we call it out on earth as it is in heaven. And we see the God-sized identity in someone and, and not just what the eyes mean. And we talked about this weeks ago when we talked about divine vision, seeing beyond the natural to call out um, the, the supernatural identity that God's placed in their life. And I'm just going to say too that it's, it's who God says you are, and sometimes you have to read that and speak that over your life because there aren't gonna, some days there aren't going to be anybody telling you, like, God told me to tell you that he's proud of you. Or, yep. like, so you're not going to receive that yep. all day. So here's, I'm going to read these straight because I do not have them memorized, but this is who God says that you are. You are a child of God, John 1, 12. I'm a branch of the true vine, a conduit of 
Christ's love, John 15, 1 through 5. I have been justified and redeemed, Romans 3, 23 and 24. I am a friend of Jesus, John 15, 15. I have been set free from the law of sin and death, Romans 8, 1 through 2. As a child of God, I am a fellow heir with Christ, Romans 8, 17. And the last one we have down is, I am chosen, holy, and blameless before God, Ephesians 1, 4. And I just think that when you have nothing else, like when you're not receiving that, maybe your family is more dysfunctional than it is functional. Read those. (laughs) Tell that to yourself because the rest doesn't matter and it will come Mm -hmm. if you're going for it together, unified, like what we talked about last week. But these things are truth no matter what you do or no matter what you don't do. Um, And so, you know, writing these down and putting them in places in your home is, is, calling it as what it is and not even what just is feels like yeah Yeah, what it feels feels like like. so absolutely um we're going to close here uh after like jesus is baptized spirit descends like a dove um we hear this phrase and then in our you know reading in american text you flip over from chapter three to chapter four and at the beginning of chapter four jesus is tested he's called out to the wilderness and he's tested and as we leave today, we'll be tested. We'll be tested in this. Maybe not out in the wilderness, but in the car or in the office, we're going to be tested in this, of, of meeting people where they're at and loving them at their worst and, and showing that godly affection and just knowing that it's going to make a tremendous impact. And that's what God's called us to do, is to communicate the language in love, um, communicate in His language of love and and I think too often we, we skip past that and, and we do all the works. We do all the works and, and Paul said it in his letter to the Corinthians. You can do everything. You can sing with like the tongues and choirs of angels, but if you don't have love, you've got nothing. Paul said, it's, it's like a clinging symbol. If I were just to go over there and beat that symbol, it would get on your nerves, but it, it, it's annoying. If you're not doing it in love, you're doing it all wrong. And so where are we loving from? Let's make sure we have received the acceptance that comes from the Father, that that we're receiving His affection that's daily poured out in the little things and certainly in the big things when He sent His Son to die for us and to walk in the affirmation of God's Word and who it says we are as sons and daughters who have put our faith and trust in him. And so um, I want us to stand and I want to pray over you and we're going to um, just transition, um, sing into this song just a little bit. We're not even going to go through the whole thing. I just want to sing through the chorus just a couple times. Um, but let's pray. God, thank you for this time. Thank you for this moment. We've been able to look at your word and let it be a light into our heart, God, into to our dysfunction of our family. We all come from different backgrounds, and we bring in different dysfunctions, God, but you've called us into the light, and I just pray this morning, first and foremost, God, that we are receiving the acceptance that's coming from you and not trying to get it everywhere else, not trying to get it in social media, not trying to get it from coworkers or people in our school or classroom, but God, we're getting it from you first, because otherwise we, we can't love enough, God. We just come out of our physical. God, teach us to walk in your way, God, to receive all of the acceptance that you've given us, God. You've loved us and that we're not just sons and daughters. We are beloved sons and daughters. 
unconditionally loved by the creator of the universe. God, what else could we ever go searching for? We thank you for this this morning.